the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This yeah, microphone put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Hannibal. Mr.comer on weei.com. Podcast of the week. Straighty Camp is back. We got lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, do you want to get into the quarterbacks right away? Because that seems to be what everybody wants to talk about and has an opinion about. Is there another story? Uh, you can make one, Nikhil Harry, Stefan Gilmore, uh, running back competition, wide receiver competition. But no, I mean, everything hinges on the quarterback. I think those are all legitimate. And you know my thoughts that the defense is worthy of plenty of discussion of how, about how good they can be. But the quarterback, it's the NFL. We know it's the most important position in sports, essentially. And they have a legitimate competition going on. And Healthy, according to the uh, well, healthy competition. They do. I mean, he can't decide whether he wants to say Cam is the starter or it's a healthy competition and people decide what they, which words of his they use in terms of supporting their argument. I'm going to go with it's a healthy competition headed towards a hard decision. And I think the decision got harder over the last two days. Actually, let me re- rewind that. I think the decision got easier over the last couple of days because I think Mac Jones is the starter. I We talked about it when they drafted him. I said it on June 15th, and I feel even better about it now. He was borderline perfect yesterday in really crappy conditions, wet ball, pouring rain, everything. He, I mean, I'll use the stat guys that like to keep track of these things. He had like four incompletions, and a number of those were drops. He was, he got extended reps again. He's basically the last couple days getting twice as many reps as Cam Newton because he comes on kind of with that first group and then stays for the second group. And I mean, for, let me ask you the negative, since that's what we do in sports media, because I'm probably higher than I should be on Mac Jones right now. Admittedly, I'm reactionary. It's what I do. Mm. You know, I, I could see one more practice and say he sucks and he's over his head or whatever. But what did you see that you wouldn't have liked over the last couple of days or reason to not believe he is picking up momentum in terms of the starting job? No, he's definitely pick up momentum. There's no question about that. I just... I'm still not all in on him being ready to be the starter. I need to see more. I need to see more consistency. That's one of the things he talked to Belichick talked about last week was what are you looking for? Consistency. He hasn't been consistent. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. And I would agree that cam has been very consistent, including the bad stuff every day. There's some of the bad cam to hold on to it for eight or 10 seconds. The right. throw it at a guy's shins. Who's only, you know, five yards past the line of scrimmage. And I mean, I guess if you're look if you, if you prioritize true consistency, not good consistency, but true consistency, like you know, we've always said, I guess over the years, Bill likes to know what he's going to get out of a situation or a player or whatever. He knows what he's going to get with Cam. It's not going to be perfect, but I would argue some of it's going to be downright bad. There's going to be a slant behind a guy that could be a pick six at any time in any well, game. Well, that's the thing that I'd say is Cam's like bad throws are really bad. Max mm. bad throws are you just kind of just missed the guy, but it's only where the receiver could, could get it. So it's probably not going to get picked. And even yesterday when he was talking about him, we shouldn't say yet this week, both quarterbacks spoke, all the quarterbacks spoke, they held their press conferences. One of the things that Mac Jones talked about was his little get together with Bill Belichick on the field where Bill kind of had his arm on his shoulder and was clearly, you know, going over some stuff. And, and Mac talked about, you know, it was some accuracy stuff and, and throwing the ball ahead of guys, letting them run after catch and, you know, putting it one foot in front of them. Well, 
Cam is never that accurate. Cam is never always putting it in front for run right. after catch possibilities. So yeah, is is Mac inconsistent? Maybe, but should he be? And I mean, isn't the normal progression given what we've seen? Isn't the normal progression you'd expect he'll get more consistent over the next five or six oh, weeks? Absolutely. You'd think just because of the track that he's on, the rookie learning everything, he's going to be going up. Whereas Cam is probably going to be going up, but maybe not as high as Mac could be going. And I, I want to be clear because I don't want, you know, I think people like to paint me as a Cam hater or something. Um, I'm not rooting against Cam. I may be rooting for Mac A because, you know, I've kind of predicted it and we all like to be right with our predictions. But B, because that's to me the more fun upside long term is to start that development and start that process. Cam has been good on the whole I would say but it's back to where we talked about even coming out of minicamp and OTAs if they're even well wouldn't you go with the young guy who you think is going to progress at a quicker rate but when do you say that in order for Max to start we needed him to like blow Cam Newton out of the water and I don't think he's done that yet and but I should say yesterday but I would agree yesterday he blew Cam Newton out of the water he was on fire but that's one day that's one day it needs to be more consistent and i'm not saying that that i'm saying that could still happen like it's so early there's been no preseason games no joint practice we've only had what eight eight practices two in full pads so it's so early i'm just not ready to go all in and say it yet because i need to see more of it i i guess that's fair i mean the flip side would be i don't need to see any more of cam that kind of idea that but what if he gets what if he gets better? Because he should. What if he gets better and Mac kind of evens off and doesn't really take that huge jump that we're expecting him to take? Do you really expect Cam to get appreciably better? Like a significant. I mean, he is who he is. I I don't fault him for that. My thing is that Joe Mac has only blown Cam out of the water one day. Out of two padded practices. So he's well, 50. If we're going to count, though, that's the only stuff we're going off of. Because the other days have been heavy. The other ones have been heavy passing days, though. But that's all that Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick and players have said. We've had two practices. We've had two practices. So I'm going to base it on what they've said. They have two practices. One of those two practices, Mac Jones was by far the best quarterback on the field. Absolutely blew Cam Newton out of the water. I'm going to assume he's going to string some of those together because I have no reason not to assume that, right? He's a young player who's NFL ready, right? That was, he was going to go start for the San Francisco 49ers for the third pick in the draft, NFL ready. Why would I have any reason to all the good things we've heard about, you know, his development, his work ethic, his attitude, anything would lead you to believe, or at least lead you to hope and expect he's going to get better. And if he gets better from what we've seen, Cam, thanks for being the backup. That's to me, that's the bigger debate now. Is Cam the backup? Can Cam stick around? Can we get to Rob Ninkovich's guarantee that Cam is the guy? Because I still don't know if Cam can can be the sub package. Because I think that would be fun. Like I am, I want to be clear on this. I'm not ruling out the dual quarterback system because I think Bill wouldn't do it or Josh wouldn't do it or well, anybody. Did you, I I kind of read Josh didn't seem on board with that when he was asked about it when he spoke earlier earlier this week. Like he said, I haven't done that before, and like almost said, like I don't think I would do that. But like it's up to Bill in the end. It doesn't seem like he's in favor for it. And we'll see. 
because I don't think it, it can work long term or it's sustainable or it's a great idea. But if you just think of what Bill is at his core, he's a tinkerer. He's a game planner. He's a guy that wants to keep the opposition off guard, off base, prepare for more, all of those things. Well, there's no way to keep a team more off base than or off guard or, you know, over preparing than to have the possibility that Cam Newton can come on the field at any time. If, mm-hmm. if Nick Jones is the starter. So, but my question still gets back to is Cam, it's unprecedented. The situation would be unprecedented. Mm-hmm. And is Cam willing to be that guy? Now, he may surprise me because I know um, our competition in town, let's say, was making a big deal that Cam Newton in his press conference this week was a little short, curt, and he was. The, the, he was, but he can be at times. Like I've seen that dating back to last year. Is that directly related to another practice where he had less reps? He watched Mac Jones dominate, kind of like he did on the second day of minicamp when Cam was moping all over the field and sulking. Was this an extension of that? We should also mention that Cam Newton took damn near an hour uh, to meet with the media after practice. His post-practice interviews with the media took – that's one thing I won't miss when he's done being the starting quarterback, whether that's this year or next year these asinine post-practice, post-game, wait for Cam so he can shower and be ready. And God, I mean, God forbid he act like every other player, be, be a professional and come to the goddamn Zoom. I mean, we complained about Brady being like 20 minutes late. Yeah, and Cam takes it to a whole new level and isn't nearly the quarterback or the star that Brady is. So if we're going to, you know, Mariah Carey-like diva rankings, Brady's way, way more worthy of being atop the list. That did annoy the hell out of me yesterday. Like, I just... I don't – and by the way, Brian Hoyer's a quarterback, right? Yep. Mac Jones is a quarterback. Yep. So they were able to get to the Zooms in a timely fashion. Brian Hoyer was right away. I was the only one in there. I had a five-minute one with Brian Hoyer. So it's not like the quarterbacks had a had a positional meeting that kept them from their Correct. availability. Nope, Correct. only one guy was kept. That's the one thing – other than his ugly play on the field, that's the one thing I will not miss from Cam Newton is this belief that he has to shower and dress and look perfect and be perfect and cool down and whatever, take a full effing hour before he can come to the media. Cause that's really starting to piss me off. Like it's very calm. Well, I don't know. It's not worthy of a column. No, I know. Papers. I know. But it's, it's, it's like, woe is us media. Just have some professional respect. I think we have been pretty professionally respectful of Cam Newton. Like we've criticized his play on the field. We've criticized that aspect. But I think he's gotten kid gloves now, maybe outside of the new vaccine controversy or whatever. He's gotten kid gloves. How about treat us with some respect and get there on time? I'm not going to argue with, with that at all. Why are uh, you laughing at me? Because <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, is there any, any more quarterback-related thoughts you would like to get into? Um, well, I, I, I guess we had, we had a post-practice. This is going to be a debate for as the weeks go on. We talked a little bit after practice. Do you believe that the Brady game in week four is at any consideration at all? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think it should be. I don't think it will be. Um, if it is a consideration, it's more a consideration in the sense that they have a good defense. They have a good defensive coordinator. They could throw a lot at a young quarterback. But to me, that's just a general concern in terms of is Mac ready so that could be Brian Flores week one. If you think Brian Flores is going to challenge Mac in certain ways that he may not be ready for 
and he needs to see Cam deal with it first before. Like, that's the only way I look at that week four as a consideration, not in terms of, ooh, Tom Brady's coming to take the Patriots on and Bill Belichick on at Gillette, even though did you notice that um, the NFL has like a season preview commercial out there? They played it a lot during the game, the Hall of Fame game. And part of it is Brady takes on the Patriots or something like it was one of their big sort of tent pole aspect, which I don't fault them. It's, it's a unique game. It's one of the more unique games in history, but um, I mean, it'd be like a hundred years ago, Babe Ruth coming back to take on the Red Sox. Like this is historic. Um, My argument with the whole thing is I think if you looked at it differently, like if the Patriots weren't playing the Bucks at all early in the year, and you wanted to give Mac another month to learn the offense and get more comfortable, I think that people would look at it differently and be more okay with it, whereas now people are looking at it as, oh, you're just avoiding the, them facing Brady. Like, I think that – like, the, didn't the Chargers want to do that last year with Herbert and then were forced their hand because of the injury to Tyrod Taylor? Oh, yeah. The Chargers, like, all the thought process was Herbert wasn't going to be ready. He was, like – learning to take snaps under center and adjusting to this and adjusting to that. And yeah, then Tyrod Taylor got stabbed in the lung and Herbert had to go and you saw that Herbert was ready and he is good. And the, they started building towards the hope of what he can be moving forward. So, yeah. So yes, the, the idea that Jones could use some time to get ready to see, to observe, to see Newton struggle or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think that's a legitimate discussion point. The fact that you flat out don't want Mac Jones to take on Tom Brady, I don't really, I just don't really see that as as feasible. Okay. Um, the other, I think the other biggest story of training camp has been Nikhil Harry. Oh. I think I think he's been pretty impressive the first eight days, two practices as you as you like to say, but one of them yep. was with pads on Thursday, and he was he was solid. He he was probably the best receiver on the field on Thursday, a lot of drops by Kendrick Bourne and the other wide receivers. And I thought Harry did a good job with the elements um, with making catches. Do you think? With, yep. I was just going to say, and with no gloves on, I found it interesting that he Kendrick Bourne and he went with the no gloves. It worked better for Harry than it did for Bourne. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think Nikhil Harry has, has been good. I don't know if it's this, wow, he's ready to be a number one receiver type breakout summer. And I think he benefits from like low expectations. Like people thought he might not even be sort here. Sort of like Cam in a way. Uh, very much like Cam in a way. The difference being Cam's history on the positive side. Like he's a former MVP and all that. Like Nikhil Harry's never done anything except underachieve, fail to live up to the hype, and then ask for a trade. And I think everybody was thinking, not only does he stink, now he's going to get buried. He's going to be in the doghouse. He's going to be this. He's going to be shipped out of town or cut before even – well, no, he's been good. I would say he's strung together three really good practices in a row, which I'm going to say is unprecedented in his Patriots career. Like, well, he, you're right. Usually he'd be off the field one day or just right. invisible one day. Like this has been un, very uncharacteristic from the first two summers from him. And, you know, we've talked about it. It would be the most Patriots story for him to now just like be a regular contributor, stay with the team, be here all year, stay healthy, catch, 50 balls or, or whatever and and be a productive part of the offense but the opportunity is there I will say he has not cracked into very often the you know top three receivers well that was what I was just gonna say it's been Aguilar Bourne Myers right Harry, now, no Harry 
I think he could easily supplant Kendrick um, Bourne. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a Bourne guy. Like, Bourne's funny. Like, it's kind of stunned me. I was riding in the car with my son, and he was like, oh, I love Kendrick Bourne. And I was like, what? You love Kendrick? I said, he can't catch. He's active like, on social media. He seems funny and, like... That's exactly what it is. He was, like, I don't know which app or social media he was on when he said it but he was going through social media and Kendrick Bourne is very active and popular on social and he seems like a great guy yes seems like a great guy just from what I've seen he's not a great receiver he doesn't catch the ball overly well um so I think there's an opportunity there because I do like somebody asked me Jacoby Myers and I did like Jacoby Myers has not been a talking point through eight days of camp and to me the reason is He's not spectacularly good, so you're never going to be like, wow, the catch, the down the field, the dive, the one hand, the this. But I also don't think he's done anything bad. Like, he's been good. He's been kind of what he is. No, and I think he hasn't been targeted as much as some of the other receivers. Maybe that's a little bit of it, but you're right. He hasn't had those practices where he's dropped passes or done anything to stand out in the negative, which is why nobody's really been discussing much. Right. He's been what he had – is for his first two plus years like easy to overlook except when you say oh yeah he did catch that one oh yeah he had that short catch oh he got open there and caught it like he's he's been good um so I think he's a lock to be a top three receiver Nelson Aguilar to me has been good like I think I went in with lower expectations and he's been good he's been their best most consistent wide receiver so and there's been drops and there's been plays I don't like but there's also been some big plays and plays down the field and his speed and what he brings to the offense. So I guess what I would argue, and this is uh, uncharacteristically positive, I guess, for me, I think the offense, if I had to like sort of summarize what I've seen is better right now than I thought or expected. Like I feel like it's, if I were doing the old stock watches I used to do on Patriots.com, the arrows pointing up for the offense. When I look at the receivers, the running backs, the tight ends, Mac Jones, like, well, I was going to say, is that more related because you think John o. Smith has been very impressive in the first week? Well, it's part of it. it. It's part of, in my mind, starting to slot people into roles, right? And I know it's too early for that. Bill would never do that oh. five or six weeks before we're, he opened. We're just wrapping up teaching, Andy. Right. They're barely, yeah. But I think I think I said this to, I think, Fitzy in a shift I did with him on, on our station that I think every offense to be competitive or even have a chance to be good has to have like a centerpiece a playmaker somebody you can count on and yeah I'm starting to think John O. Smith is going to be that for this team I think I think he is the guy that is going to have if he's healthy a breakout season and people are going to be raving and they're going to be wondering like why why didn't Tennessee get more out of typical Bill Belichick he sees something that he can you know turn into more you know, whether it's Wes Welker or the guys that he's brought in and then been able to blow them up. But then once you get past John U. Smith, Hunter Henry's been good. They've fed him the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. We just talked about Aguilar. Myers is what he is. If you add like one more playmaker, whatever. Harry, like, one of the running backs. Like, I think you're putting together a pretty decent passing attack. And then the flip side, I don't know if you agree with this and maybe I'm being suckered into something because I like the guy. I think Damian Harris has had an absolute like bounce in his step or no question. I don't know if it's just, he sees what's ahead of him. He's healthy. He, you know, Bill's comments about him, like the lead back and all that, like he, 
he's run the ball well, but it's more than that. It's almost like in everything he does, like I've seen him covering kickoffs for like the scout kickoff coverage team, like running down and like having fun seemingly. And I, I was just, like, even like meaningless, like a running play that gets tackled, but he keeps on running. He just seems yeah. to be having fun and like more bounce in his step, more energy. Like, I think you're right. I think it could be a number of things. He sees the role ahead for him or he just feels more comfortable and has the confidence of his coach. that maybe he, he didn't have a year ago. Uh, that could, that could be it. And you know, the key is still staying stay on the field, be on the field week one, week three, week five, week seven, every week. Um, but again, he's a, a part of that um, putting together as like, yeah, they have maybe not have a lot of stars and, and maybe I'm a little too high on Jonu Smith, but when you put it all together, I think they're going to put way more stress on a defense than they did a year ago when, I mean, even Ty Law, I think on our station was saying, if I played this defense, I, I don't fear anybody. Nobody can beat me. Nobody can get behind me. Nobody can make we're, a play. We're not even touching on the offensive line, which I think could be another strength. Like Trent yep. Brown has looked good. Like he, he doesn't have the, you know, I think he's a much different person than he was with the Raiders. I think he likes it here. He's not fat and happy. Seems to be. And he, he's out there every day. Right. Which right. Huge for him. I mean, you, you question his weight, his motivations, whatever. I mean, he's out there, he's doing his penalty laps <laughs> begrudgingly or whatever you want to call it. Um, Isaiah Wynn out there every day. And that's the key to that group is mm-hmm. if they get everybody out there, they're going to be good. Um, the I am guy- a little concerned with their depth up front. Yep. You definitely should be because I think the bottom could fall out of the offensive line pretty quickly. I, I, there, we've talked about it. Ted Karras missing time here as the top interior backup. Um not a lot. Of, you're kind of think Justin Heron. You have or, no tackle depth. You have Justin Heron, who's been inconsistent. We've there has been even sometimes we've wondered if he's even the top backup swing tackle. It's been Corey Cunningham sometimes. Yep. Yep. Um, it's good with the starting unit, but I think that could be something to watch um, if one of those tackles goes down, especially. And they've had varying, like if you just look at historically, they've had years where they just were good, stayed together, the whole unit was healthy. And then it feels like there's other seasons where they're like part of the story is just your snake bitten. This guy misses three games and this guy and that guy. And all of a sudden maybe they look at it as last year was that year and they're going to get lucky. I think, what was it last year? They used seven different starting lineups in the first eight weeks or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. On one play, moving all over the place. You have right. moving parts, not just at one position. It was every position seemed to have right. another guy. So maybe they're due for a year where boom, you just put the five out there. And for the most part, those are your five, and that would certainly be a good first step towards having a good offense. Who's uh, stood out to you on defense besides who we mentioned last last time, which was Adrian Phillips? So I guess a guy besides Adrian Phillips. A um, couple guys at the mm-hmm. linebacker level. Um, I do think it's interesting that we all kind of assumed that Jordan Bentley would like kind of fade into the background maybe now because Van Oy's back in high time. Every time I see the defense line up, he's one of the off-the-ball linebackers with Dante Hightower. He's on the field. Uh, he's got a few interceptions. He's looked athletic now. But, the see, I, I think I'm falling victim to he wears number eight now instead of 51, and it's, like, slimming and athletic. Yeah, I don't think he would have made those plays last year. Okay. Then then let's go all in. Jawan Bentley has had a very nice summer. And I also think it's good for him – because theoretically, he's the type of player that should be better in game action than practice action. He's made for physicality and pads and full contact. 
and they've only been out there twice in full. I think he's looked good. I think he's looked very, uh, very much at home well, in he, the he defense. Could be another guy that just was playing out of position last year, probably should not have been playing as many middle linebacker snaps as he did. And now he could be more of a, a role player and that fits his game best. Yeah. So I would put him as a guy that I think has looked good. Uh, another interesting guy, and this is sort of in the Damian Harris mold, what we talked about with Damian Harris. I'm not going to say I've seen Matthew Judon make a million plays, but he looks like he's bringing an energy and, a, and an excitement. I've already noticed he's one of those guys that, you know, if they're doing kickoff return on the one main field, he's doing sprints by himself on the other field. He like bounces on and off when he's like rotating in and out. I like what I've seen from Matthew Judon in that area so far. He gave an interview to Sirius Radio where he said he likes the way that the Patriots coaching staff has kind of used him. Like they looked at his strengths and tried to incorporate that to the Patriots defense instead of just saying, hey, you're playing this role, like learn it. So they're right. playing his strengths. He, you're right. He hasn't like been sacks left and right, but like he's won his one-on-one battles. He's yep. gotten into the backfield a number of plays. And I also have noticed, too, that Belichick has spent a lot of one-on-one time with him. I think he realizes, like, his potential and how he could be used in this defense, and I think that it's good things that we've seen. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i very much intrigued by him. I'm also intrigued by the fact that I see Josh Uche getting a lot of reps opposite Matthew Judon as he tries to transition from shorts and T-shirt action in the spring and OTAs to maybe a real role. And I also think... I don't know enough about either player yet quite yet, but he also seems like he can be in the mold of Judon, like an edge pass rusher, but also off the ball abilities and athleticism. So I would put Josh Uche in there that I think is having a nice summer and sort of transitioning from, is he a second year jump because he's in t-shirt or is he a second year jump because he's ready to make some damn plays. And then the last one that I noticed the last couple days really come on and in a different role than I thought of, sort of had in my brain is Miles Bryant, who I think we all liked what we saw in a limited basis. Like he made the team as an undrafted rookie. He made some plays when he got in there. Yep. Now he's not only making plays, which he had two tackles of Ramondre Stevenson yesterday after Stevenson ran him over a couple days earlier. Um, so I liked that little feisty physicality. Two different occasions I saw him sub in with the usual group of defensive backs for Devin McCourty and Kyle Duggar and took reps at safety, middle of the field, whatever they're doing. In my head, I thought he was a cornerback, but it looks like he's building some position flexibility or, you know, if you're going to be that bottom of the defensive back depth chart guy. Both roles, yep. And he might be battling – Jawan Williams for a roster spot. And if Jawan Williams is a big corner who also plays safety versatility, maybe they're saying, well, Jawan Williams hasn't done much for us. If Miles Bryant can also play a little safety, if he's comfortable playing in there, maybe he's just the better player in the developmental defensive back. But um, I'm intrigued with what I've seen from Miles Bryant so far. Uh, JC Jackson has actually impressed me the last couple of days. Like he's been, I know it's practice, but like, He's been all over the field with interceptions, pass deflections. Like it's not game action. So I don't want to say like, Oh, he's ready to be a number one corner, but he's been, he's impressed me. And that's saying something after what we've seen, you know, from him on the field with all his interceptions. Like I think he could potentially, he could make a jump 
this year. I could be wrong because it's just pra- it's just practice. It's just practice. I don't want to like overblown things, but like if he does go out and have a, a you know a big jump on the field, say yeah, I saw that coming. He was really impressive over the summer. He he's been good this week, and I would throw him in the group with Judon and Harris and some of these. He has a lot of energy on the practice mm-hmm. field. He is bouncing around aggressively. You know, there was that two-play stretch on Wednesday, part of the whole pick party when all the quarterbacks were throwing picks. He covered Jonu Smith, I think, on the outside for an interception. The very next play, he's chasing Jacoby Myers on the inside, blanketed him, pass defense, could have been another interception. So, yeah, I think he's been good, but we do need to put it in sort of the place that they don't have a number one receiver. Yeah, that's, why like, I'm not going, that's why I'm not going all in on it. Right, but – um I think you're right. I think he's looked good. My concern would be like, he looks, he's a good corner. I've always said that. Like people get all worked up in, is he a number one? Is he a high end number one? Is he a number two? Is he worth X millions of dollars? I don't know. That's a lot of details that people get paid a lot of money to make that decision. He's a good cornerback. He can cover. He's a ball hawk. He's proven he's going to get his hands on a lot of footballs. Um, The other side is where I've started to really say, if Jalen Mills has to play corner for this team, like regularly uh, on an every down, he is absolutely the weak spot of that defense. Um, There's no doubt in my mind. I was going to move on to the negatives and he's, he was actually at the top of my list for the secondary. And I don't think it's his fault because I don't think he's a every down starting outside cornerback in the NFL. Like he's a Jack of all trades. He needs to be moved around. He needs to be matched up. He needs but to can they even do that with him because they have the Duggars and the Phillips. Uh, well, I thought he was he was more in the line of like an athletic, um, you know, Devin McCourty, Eugene Wilson, like a cornerback slash safety. The, the first thing I thought when they signed him, and I've been saying this, is a Devin McCourty backup. You've been kind of playing without a net behind Devin McCourty. He's been so healthy and so good for so long. You need somebody ready to go as he's in his. But third. I haven't seen him take many snaps in that safety spot. Yes, I understand that. That's part of the. Uh, confusion now sometimes bill asks people to do the thing that's hardest or newest or whatever first and then kind of drops them back into their more comfort zone role like i remember a few years ago um rob ninkovich was taking a crap load of reps at inside linebacker off the ball inside linebacker and it was like why and well because that's what he needs work on we know he can play defensive end we know he can play on the edge can he be an inside linebacker? And then he didn't end up doing it. He was kind of back to his traditional role. I think Bill looks at Mills and says, I know what he can do as a safety or as a money guy or whatever. Can he be a cornerback on the outside if we need him to be, if Stefan Gilmore is not part of the mix? I would say no. I'd say the answer to that is no, Bill. You're in trouble if that happens. But I also don't know who is Miles Bryant the next option. Like, Who's going to start opposite J.C. Jackson if Gilmore is not on the team is a big question to me. Right. Um, any, anything else, thoughts that you just want to get out there before we wrap this up? Um, the negative side, since we opened that door a little bit, yeah. um, I would say James White, still quiet, still had, a, had an ugly drop in the rain yesterday that Ivan Fears yelled at him for. Um, actually, it looks like to me when he runs, he almost has a hitch in his giddy up, like a little like choppiness he always has had that though but i guess we've had this conversation he, he hasn't had a step to lose and maybe he's losing right. that step 
Yeah. And I talked to some other media members and that's definitely, I think everybody feels the same way. They don't want to say James White could be cooked, could be done. But a lot of people are like, eh, could James White be done? Um, even to the point I was talking to Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal, and he was saying he did a roster projection that did not include James White. He had J.J. Taylor making the team over James White, um, even sort of was speculating, could they trade him late in camp to somebody? Maybe. I, I don't know. Like, I know Tampa's the obvious. J.J. Taylor has done enough to, like, overtake James White. And, I don't think so. And his contract's not, like, massive. So, no. like, and, and he's done so much for the organization. Like, he would have to have been really bad for them to cut him. And I don't think he's been that bad. I'm going to say, in my opinion, basically zero chance he gets cut or traded. The only thing I would leave open is does he really realize he's done and retire? But he's not that old, so no. I can't even imagine no. him retiring. No. Um, so I'd be stunned if James White's not on the team because you're right. The next step in that is I don't think J.J. Taylor has shown enough. Or He's been fine, but not, not enough right. to, to overtake James White. In fact, I think next in the passing back line might be Brandon Bolden as the proven trusted I mean, veteran. said it in the last podcast. They love him for every reason. Yeah. Um, sticking with the, uh, the backfield, Ramondre Stevenson, uh, I mean, he's going to be redshirted. He's always yelled oh, at, he's in trouble. The Ivan Pierce quotes this week. Unbelievable. What can, what can he improve on? Everything. What, <laughs> Everything. What are the positives? He's out there. Right. And he even like downplayed like, you know, running the ball. That's easy. Anybody can do that. If we hand you the ball, run, go. Yeah, Cause everyone was making a big thing about him running over miles. Bright. And his response to that was so Right. Um, but he does, he's definitely got some lateral quickness, like those little, almost like jump cuts, one cuts right at the line of scrimmage. I like what I've seen from him running the ball, but I don't know that there's a shot in hell that he sees the field. If he doesn't get a lot that he's always, I'm going to say, just using my memory at least once every practice, he gets a, like, basically what the F are you doing, Ramondre, whether it's pass protection, not on the field when he's supposed to well, be. Said, it comes from all over, whether it's fears, McDaniels, like. It's yes. not, so yeah. I like what I see with him running the football, but Ivan's right to kind of downplay that. Most running backs that make it to the NFL, they can run the ball. That's why they're in the NFL. It's all the other stuff. Can they figure it out? So I will see, but my guess is he's going down red shirt road a little bit. Which isn't a bad thing. They have the depth there. They don't really need him, you know, to be a, a main cog. But it's the, they've had success with the red shirts in the past, so it's not like cause for alarm. No. Um, the other side, looking at special teams. Um, well, first of all, JJ Taylor, certain and Brandon Bolden seem to be in the mix as the top kickoff returners. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that ties into battling for a roster spot and kind of could that be a final decision maker. Um, but the specialists, Nick Folk missing yesterday's practice, and he's been so good. Wouldn't you say, like, unexpectedly good for this team over the last yeah, absolutely. couple of years? Yep. Like, and he's old. I think he's, like, 37. Oh, he's up there. Um, I just wonder if, like, it could turn into midnight for Nick Folk, and all of a sudden he's dinged up, he's got a leg injury, he's missing kicks. And I don't know, like, I know everybody's in love with Quinn Norton because he's got a strong leg, but I don't know if he's ready to be your kicker uh, for a team. Like, right. you're going to need a kicker. We right? talked about it last year. You need all the points you can get. And if you're missing 30-yard field goals, that should be points that could 
be the difference between a win and a loss. So that would be one area. It's less than ideal that Nick Folk is dealing with a little something at this uh, point. Could really. have just been he woke up and saw the weather forecast yesterday and said, I'm not doing this. No, no, no. Because the day before, as I noted in my blog observations, although we don't call them blog observations anymore because I'm like the Cleveland Browns and the Ravens. When I left Patriots.com, I couldn't take all my words and intellectual property with me. But my blog observations, quote unquote, he didn't finish practice the day before. He didn't do the running. He and Cody Davis just did ab work instead of conditioning work. So I think he tweaked a little something in the lower body leg area. We'll see if it's a big deal. Um, the flip side of that is people that, you know, people that mocked me for putting Jake Bailey as number two on my ranking the Patriots roster. You're right. I was wrong. I think he should be number one. I think he's the best damn Patriot on the team. He effing kills the ball in some of those drills and then yesterday we were watching him screw around still don't really know what he was doing but doing angle kicks from the 10 yard line toward the the upright spinning, and spinning them through the uprights perfectly right, right. spiral the PR staff in the process yep. but he he is he's ridiculously good he is really and sometimes you see him and I, I keep going back to this he's we think of like angled kicks and I think of like Ken Walter or one, you know, Ryan Allen. And it's like, yeah, he does a good job getting it out of bounds. So the guy can't return it. He gets it out of bounds, but it's like the normal length missile. Like it, it's, yeah, it's deep. Not only are they running sideways to get out of bounds, they're running backwards and out of bounds um, at the point where he's made life tough on, you know, JJ Taylor and some of those Marvin Hall and some of the guys that are returning punts. So um, it's just the punter. And I'm a firm believer you never want to have your punter as your best player. Right. But the reality is he's really freaking good. It's it's kicking, but like it's been it's cool to watch a guy who's like the best at his craft, like work yeah. at like Andy seems like a nice guy. And like you yeah. said, he, he nearly killed the PR staff and then later he came over. Sorry about that. <laughs> like, well, I, you should I really be trying to hit you. Right. Yes. And, and you can move. You don't have to stand right where I'm kicking. So that's what I was gonna say. It was on them. They should have moved. Right. Um but yeah, the, the specialists, I feel a lot better about the punting situation, obviously, than I do the kicking situation. Uh, will you put, and we'll, we're going to do a podcast probably in all likelihood before the first game, but mm. should we read into anything that happens against Washington next Thursday night? No. I mean, we will, but I'm not thinking. <laughs> and like the quarterback situation is going to be right, what everybody focuks on, who, ta- who starts, who well, takes, like, how quickly, everything. <laughs> I don't even like, could you see a scenario that both Newton and Jones don't play at all? No, not no. with only three preseason games and no joint practices. Well, that's what I was going to say. Maybe it's the latter two games that maybe those reps take a dip, but that, that is always, um, I leave that door open when joint practices start and he can give, you know, Mac Jones may get like 50 reps against the Eagles defense and then nothing in the game or whatever, vice versa. But in this game, with only three preseason games, no joint practices next week, just going right into your first preseason game, I do think they'll both get reps. Now, I don't know in what order. Like, it wouldn't even stun me if Brian Hoyer starts the game and then Cam and Mac come on later, or who knows, or whatever. I also, like, my guess is Cam will start and then Mac will come on, maybe even mid-drive. Maybe he'll throw him out there just to test that. Oh, Cam, come off. Mac, go in. Like I would just say, I don't think both will see extended time. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. If, I, if, if, anybody, sees right. extended, if anybody sees extended time, it's Mac Jones. Yes. I think it'd be treated like a practice where you could get Newton starts, you know, a series, maybe two, 
And then Mac Jones takes over midway through the first quarter and goes all the way through like late third quarter, early fourth, and then maybe Hoyer cleans up. Or Hoyer may get skipped, and it could be Jake Dolagala late. I kind of like what you just said. They'll treat it kind of like when they did the practices where Cam goes first. Maybe, like you said, the first quarter, then Matt comes in for his backup reps and then sees his extended, like Brian Hoyer would be reps in the game. Because even if he's out there with guys he's not going to be out there with in a game, still, it's an NFL game. You're on the field. Like, it's just getting that experience. So, yeah, I could – that's a good early prediction of what we'll see next Thursday. Yeah, and I think even, like, one series, Cam for one series, and then Matt comes on with that unit, with that basic group, whoever it is, and then stays on as the other positions all start to sub out and the backup tight ends or whatever come in. Because you also, it's the first preseason game. First of all, nobody knows exactly how coaches are going to treat three preseason games. We have nothing to go on how coaches will do this. But I don't think it's hard to imagine a lot of teams starter, quote unquote, will go out there for a quick series or two and then get pulled. So it's not like you're going to say, oh, my God, Cam only got one series. No, like he's being treated as a starting quarterback still. That's what guys are doing. But the flip side is you're also getting Mac a lot of reps, a lot of opportunity, a lot of experience to show what he can do. But it will definitely be analyzed because pretty much everything with the quarterback position has been overanalyzed and microanalyzed to this point. And major takeaways based on one day of practice and a press conference. Wait, you mean like I did today in my column? Yeah. (laughs) momentum is now on max side well that, that's that's fine that that's a that's not like saying he's gonna be the starter but some people are making big grand declarations off of one practice yeah and then you can write after the in-stadium practice uh when max struggles a little mac lost the momentum he picked up a day earlier <laughs> right which <laughs> and it'll be true i was gonna say which honestly though based on things have gone that's could happen very well happen to right correct especially if they railroad him like they did in minicamp and throw stuff at him that he hasn't seen and try to derail his momentum and test his uh, metal, so to speak. All right. Uh, well, like you said, we'll probably have another podcast before the first game next Thursday. Uh, they'll be practicing Friday night, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, uh, off day Wednesday, and then the game on Thursday. So they're uh, all, all in, getting ready for Washington. Training camp is rolling along, as I like it. Well, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Peace out.